This is episode number 35 with Vice President of Global Citizen, Campbell Bird. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the We Love Philly, Philly podcast. We are We Love Philly. Our mission is to promote volunteerism throughout the streets of Philadelphia and bring back the brotherly love to the city of brotherly love. Each week, we bring an individual or organization that's making Philly a better place. We hope you enjoy and let's dive in. Martin Luther King once said, we may have all come on different ships, but we're in the same boat now. Martin Luther King also said, everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Welcome everybody to the We Love Philly podcast. I am pleased to introduce three students who have never been on the podcast before. I am joined today by Nadira Thomas. Hey. <laughs> I'm also joined today by Destiny Frazier. Hello. And I'm also joined today by Naja Davenport. Hi. Awesome. We're also joined today with, uh, no, he's feeling a little shame right now because he didn't hit the record button, but it's okay. We love Philly. It's all about forgiveness, so we still love yada yada. What, I got spit on my beard? <laughs> <laughs> on this episode of the podcast, we are joined with the organizer of the 25th anniversary of the Martin Luther King Day of Service that just took place on Martin Luther King Day at Gerard college. His name is Campbell Bird. On this episode of the podcast, we talk about how an organization of his size is able to keep volunteers happy and coming back. You don't have 25 years of a project ongoing and not make your volunteers happy. We talk about who Martin Luther King is and we talk about what he meant to the city of Philadelphia. And we also talk about all of the different activities that took place on the day of service. If you like what you hear and you want to uh, learn more about the We Love Philly program, make sure you check out our website, welovephilly.org. You can also check out our Instagram at We Love Philly and we're on Facebook at We Love philadelphia if you know a 16 to 21 year old who wants another shot at a high school diploma and wants to join the we love philly program absolutely for free check out our website click on the how i can enroll my student and you can bring your student to one bright ray community high school the fairhill campus that is currently where the we love philly program is and we hope you enjoyed this episode we appreciate any feedback because we are all brand new at this we have new students in the we love philly program so here is our episode with Campbell Bird. From the last time we spoke, we just had our first event where we set up an event. We were in Venture Cafe. Are you familiar with Venture Cafe? No. So Venture Cafe is a free networking event at the CIC Philadelphia building, 3675 Market Street. And they gave us our first info table and we got to set up a We Love Philly experience for the networking event that was going on. And people came to our table. They got a chance to get on the podcast. They got to look at our volunteer calendar. We made brochures for them. Uh, they told us their definition of love and we wrote it down on a heart because it was Valentine's Day and we put it behind the window and by the end of the night we had all these hearts on the window and it was such a cool experience for us while we were doing it it brought me back to when I first walked into Gerard College into the gymnasium and I just was like wow we had one table and we were like kind of freaking out because it was our first and then we when we walked into Gerard College there was probably like 120 tables and that was just on the gymnasium floor and looking back on it I was like I wonder how Campbell would have handled this <laughs> can you tell us and walk us through what the MLK day of services and then how you're able to manage all of that. 
Sure. The the King Day of Service is in celebration on Martin Luther King Day. It's the third Monday of every January. It is a day that most folks have off from work or school. And we as an organization, as Global Citizen, put together service opportunities, ways for people to volunteer to give back to their community, to reflect on the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King and celebrate his commitment to service. For the event that we do at Gerard College in particular, there's so much to it that it makes it much easier to manage when you break it down into individual component pieces and you think less about how they're all gonna come together (laughs) until you get all of them sort of lined up in a row. Obviously we start every year with maintaining our relationship with Gerard College this past January was our 11th year there, and we always need to check in to make sure that we can be there again. But beyond that, just working with that staff to lay out the event, more or less it's in five venues, and each venue probably has 20 to 30 organizations in it. And we juggle that against the amount of tables and chairs that we can fit in the space or afford to rent for that day. The easy part is actually the outreach. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to be there because we've sort of turned it into a hot spot for that day. The mayor's there, the governor's there, the TV cameras are there. Curious um, George is there. Curious George is there. <laughs> the, 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 the fanatic is there. And and so people want to show up and, and do stuff and, and be seen and be able to celebrate all that stuff. And it's it's really just a matter of making sure that we can create the space for them and making sure that what they're doing is going to be positive. And from there, it's just a constant negotiation with all of them and the Gerard staff and our capacity as an organization to make sure everybody can sort of fit and do what they've got to do. But I try to prepare everybody by letting them know. It's not an easy event to pull off, but we don't do it because it's easy. And we just ask for their patience, and I try to be as communicative as possible because I know that with that many moving parts, many of them (laughs) will end up going wrong at some point and just making sure that people are prepared for that reality. It's really when people are surprised by stuff that they're the most upset. Yeah. How does it feel to be able to do it inside Gerard College? Was that on purpose that venue was picked for the, for Um, the history of it? Do any of you know the history of it before I start? No, no, no. Any way you can teach them? Sure. So Gerard College was founded in 1848 by a guy named Stephen Gerard, who was one of the richest men in the world at the time. And he decided one of the ways that he wanted to give back and support future generations was to build a school for disadvantaged children without parents, orphans. And seeing as it was the mid-1800s, that generally meant orphaned white boys. And he built this incredible 44-acre campus that looks like a university campus is nicer than some colleges' campuses I've been to, has gigantic buildings with huge ceilings and the big stone pillars. It, It has a sort of a classical feel to it. And there's tons of tapestries and really impressive paintings everywhere. So it, it cost this massive fortune, and it was it was meant as a haven for them to live there and nurture their education because they didn't have parental figures in their life. Because of that sort of establishing point for the school, 
being mainly for white boys, it also became sort of a flashpoint during the civil rights movement. And Cecil B. Moore, who was a big social activist in Philadelphia for the civil rights movement, would protest outside the walls for getting it desegregated. And even Dr. Martin Luther King actually showed up outside the walls of Girard College at one point during the civil rights movement to also speak about getting it desegregated. And eventually it was. And then later on, they also allowed women in as well. I believe the school now serves mostly people of color, and it's it's free to attend, although I believe everybody has to earn like a merit-based scholarship for it. And because of that civil rights history with Dr. King actually physically being there, one of the few places that he was sort of actively campaigning for the civil rights movement in Philadelphia, it seems one of the most appropriate places to have King Day every year. Wow. It's amazing to learn it. When I joined Global Citizen in 2013, I didn't know any of that. It's one of those things that I learned as soon as I did my my first King Day. I joined Global Citizen because I thought that building communities um, and having people serve together in a way that wasn't forced or structured was positive. That would help bring people together. Then I learned that's essentially what a lot of people in the civil rights movement were doing. And you need to sort of institutionalize that kind of breaking down of barriers because as people get isolated from each other, they start looking at the people they're isolated from as people who are suspicious and and then maybe even as people who are your enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dr. King would applaud what Global Citizen is doing because it wasn't just a volunteer fair. It was a job fair. It was a health fair. It was Global Citizen giving opportunities to so many different people who not only wanted to volunteer, but also who had the organizations to let more people know that, hey, this is a city where there is brotherly love, sisterly affection. Look at all of these organizations. I've been telling my students since we started the program that there are so many organizations in Philadelphia that are trying to help. And I feel like the first time I told them, they're like, okay. And <laughs> and then when we walk into Girard College and literally you can't move move because there's just so many people there that want to help. All the students are running up to me with cards like, hey, can we do this? Can we do this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're volunteering right now. Let's do this first. (laughs) But yeah, give me all these cards. We'll send all of these emails. And now we're going to have a booked spring because of just one event that just is there. And it's there every year. What, the 25th year, was it this year? Yeah, that was the the 25th year that the Global Citizen's been been working on it. yeah. Yeah. We were looking at the history and it seems like every single year since the MLK Day of Service has been implemented, it has grew every single year and you have more service projects and more volunteers participating. Can you give us a little bit of the history of what Martin Luther King Day is supposed to mean? And then give us the finale if you topped yourself this year compared to all the other years. Because I think the last time we looked it up, it was 2015 and you had close to like 125,000 people volunteer on that day, which is amazing. I'll do the easy answer first. We had over 150,000 volunteers across 1,800 projects for 2020, which, you know... Definitely beats 125. Yes. But yeah, I think King Day is important for a lot of reasons. And sort of the beauty of the day is that it can be what you make it to a certain degree. You know, 
Martin Luther King did a lot of things, was interested in a lot of things, advocated for a lot of things, and people can pick and choose sort of which aspects of his life or his activism they want to reflect on and observe that day, or they can make it about something else, right? I think ultimately what what we're trying to do as global citizens is create a community and a culture around service for at least one day, which is harder to do than you might think. I think that, you know, you mentioned how there's tons of organizations out there trying to do good things and and yeah, there there is a lack of awareness about them for sure, but awareness is is also only sort of a small piece of the puzzle. Not only are there a lot of people who don't know that there are all these organizations who are doing all these great things, but a lot of those organizations aren't necessarily aware of each other, even if they're working in the same field. Or sometimes they are aware of each other and they see each other as competitors, (laughs) even if they're working on solving the same sort of community issue. So I think to that point, King Day is about bringing those folks together and making them work cooperatively and sort of break down and de-silo each other's work to come together for for one thing and, and realize how it's all connected. I mean, that's that's something that's always sort of bothered me about the nonprofit landscape in Philadelphia. I feel like there is a lot of people sort of operating in their own bubbles yeah. and it, they've got their grants and funders and they're going to you know, satisfy their board members and they either aren't looking for or aren't interested in or just don't have an awareness of people who are also working on that issue. And a cool thing that we do as Global Citizen is we try to identify those people and and stick them in the same room together so that they can sort of at least spend some time exploring that partnership, if not actually. Yeah. Just listening to you, it seemed like you had a hard time just saying the word competition because you know that it's really supposed to be about collaboration. And Kasim, how do you feel, because I know I've heard you talk about this before, the old paradigm of how competition is really the old way of doing things and it's more about collaboration and community. What do you think? Wonderful way of explaining things. I would (laughs) say, yes, it's about collaboration. It may be unique organizations, but it all leads to one message. Like, imagine if we looked at MLK and Malcolm X as two different people going against each other. It wouldn't be right. So we can look at these organizations throughout Philly to collab and bring something together and have something like a 125,000 volunteers in one year, and you get things done easier. And then you can have someone like Will Smith support because they are inspired by so much that's happening in their hometowns. And then they want to... And then you change their perspective and they can bring the whole Hollywood (laughs) to volunteer because of one person and a group of people who decided to come together and help out the community without any bias or negative motives, but just a positive intention. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. When you go in the gymnasium, there looks like there's 25 years of quilts. Each quilt had Martin Luther King on it, and it had some sort of story. They're absolutely beautiful, but the gymnasium is humongous. It looked like you had over 100 quilts. Is that something that you do every single year? And if so, can we make one next year? (laughs) (laughs) It is something we do every year. I can talk to the team and see who we're thinking for schools. Essentially, I don't know if they've been done 
every year or if maybe it was an idea that came up year two or three, but it was born out of a partnership with the mural arts program in Philadelphia. We identify five to six area schools and we partner them up with resident artists from the program. We lay out sort of what we're thinking the theme will be for that year's King Day, because every year for King Day we pick a different theme. And then the students and the artists sort of collaborate and conceptualize what they would like to see represented visually. Then they work on that starting in the fall and 12 days out from the King Day of Service, we have our news conference every year and we have the students unveil all of the murals and give a little speech about their mural and and what it meant to them and how they were reflecting the theme. And we have the current year's murals, so the 2020 murals were against the backdrop where the the mayor and the governor were building census boxes this year because our theme was around being counted and celebrating black women in the suffrage movement. And then for 2021, those murals that were made for that year will be up on the railing surrounding the track on the second level, up with all the 25 years of murals that that have been up there before. I think starting two or three years ago, we actually had enough murals to circle the entire gym space, whereas before it would sort of go most of the way or halfway, but yeah, finally completed the circle. Wow, that's amazing. With a group of people, you guys can get a lot done. It's about leaving a legacy. So volunteers in the future can be like, oh, my parent was a volunteer 20 years ago. I can help out and continue what they've built and help out the community. And then who knows, opportunity may open up for me and I can further do something like how you're doing. And you're doing great things for the community. Like Mr. Ponte said, you're one of the biggest nonprofit organizations out here. And it was an honor when we worked there. My favorite part was meeting Curious George personally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me and Yadi, we spoke to all different type of people, like, for example, WHYY, and we got to meet them and communicate with them, and they were so open to giving Mr. Ponce opportunity to check out their office space. And who knows, then when we get there, we can speak more about volunteering. So people who want to do something with their lives and they're not sure where to start, volunteer will be open for them. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's really the goal. You know, we put together a lot of volunteer service and host community discussions and have workshops on how people can get more engaged in their community. But really the thing that we want to see at the end of the day is connections like that happening. I I think that we're unique as a nonprofit in that way. A lot of nonprofits have goals that are like, we want to eliminate world hunger or we want to teach every kid how to read on grade level by the fourth grade. And ours really is we just want people to form connections with each other. And the way that we choose to do that is through volunteer service. But as long as even if volunteer service isn't happening and those connections are being made, our mission is being accomplished. Who connected you? Like how did you originally get involved with volunteer services? Sure. So after college, I joined AmeriCorps, which is kind of like professional volunteering. It's probably the best way to (laughs) describe it. Or like the Peace Corps, except you don't travel overseas. Basically, you are considered a volunteer. You're paid a small sort of living stipend by the government to work for an organization and help them with whatever they need. 
when I was an AmeriCorps member, I was with an education-focused nonprofit called Education Works. And when I worked there, I worked in Samuel Fells High School, and I ran an after-school tutoring program. And so that was my first brush with real volunteer service, as opposed to just kind of like showing up somewhere for a couple hours and like helping to pack some meals, which isn't not real volunteer service, but I mean like this was a year long. It was hard. I was kind of by myself. I had to manage it all myself. It wasn't kind of something that had been set up for me to do. And at the end of that experience, I wasn't exactly sold on a career based around volunteering or service, but I was interested in education. So I worked in schools for a few years, actually joined back with Education Works for a year working in East Camden at Woodrow Wilson High School. And while I was there, I noticed that I was not having as much fun or feeling as fulfilled in my position when I was doing sort of the stated purpose of my job, which was doing a lot of academic enrichment, tutoring, after-school programs, things like that, as much as I was enjoying connecting with my students, figuring out issues that they see in their community or things that they're unhappy with around the school and coming up with plans to help empower them to solve them. Because I think one of the things that really stinks about school in general is there's a lot of stuff that you don't have control over as a student and no one wants to listen to you try to solve that problem or even suggest a solution. And it can be really frustrating. And to me, that's not a very conducive environment for learning either. And I'm sure, you know, I don't know how it is at your school, but that's the way I felt at mine. And that's what I saw when I was at Woodrow Wilson High School as well. So I would just find little things that didn't take a lot of approval or cutting through red tape with the school and figuring out ways to have the students get involved with that, put things together, which eventually led to a big cleanup day around Earth Day where they sort of rehabilitated the the park across the street and repainted their amphitheater that had been graffitied over and picked up a bunch of trash and they had gained a lot of momentum and there were a lot of people who were excited to see the students so excited about it to the point that there were a bunch of Home Depot employees that showed up and they had a bunch of tools and provided all the paint and there were some street artists who had worked in the favelas in Brazil who were there who were helped guiding the design of the repainting project and all of that which which made the students even more excited and wanting to do something again in the future and and seeing all that come together and those communities sort of interact and in a way that I wasn't really sure it was going to happen as I was putting it together made me think that there was something to community work community building things like that so when I saw an opportunity to do that professionally I joined Global Citizen. Is that program still up? I don't think so. I want to say three or four years ago, education work still exists for Mm -hmm. sure, but they completely rebranded. Their executive director, who had been the leader there for a long time, left. Someone new stepped in. They had a lot of team turnover. They moved where their main office was. I think they stopped doing a lot of AmeriCorps stuff that they used to do, which is what I originally joined them for. And I believe they still work in schools. They're still a site-based organization focused on education, but I don't think they're out in East Camden. I got another question. For Global Citizens, like the Martin Luther King Day, how do we go to volunteer for that? Mm, 
That's a good question. And it's a complicated answer, <laughs> unfortunately. Do you mean um, volu- because it's so big? Do you mean volunteer or get a table there? No, volunteer. Okay. I mean, okay. it could go both ways. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. Want. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So King Day is so massive. Like I said before, you know, breaking it down into component parts makes it a lot easier to manage. So we put together the big event at Gerard College every year, but we also sort of help promote and create a lot of other service opportunities happening at other places all at the same time as well. And those opportunities are pretty straightforward. You would just go to our website, which is mlkdayofservice.org. There's a button at the top that says volunteer, and then just shows all the opportunities of projects that aren't happening at Gerard College that are just happening out in the community. You could just find something. If you guys wanted to put together a service project for 2021, you could register it and people would find it that way. For Gerard College, it's a little more complicated only because it's an enclosed space. There's limited capacity. There's also limited entrances. It's a 44-acre campus, and it has two doors yeah, to get I in, basically. I... So for the most part, we just ask people to show up. There's no sort of a formal pre-registration for volunteering at Gerard College unless you're one of our sponsors or a special guest or something like that, which is just a whole different other can of worms. But yeah, if you just want to volunteer, you would just show up. And we build the event in a way so that we have enough projects there that there will be open capacity. If people didn't just show up, there would be a lot of things not getting done. (laughs) But fortunately for us, we we have made it sort of this destination that people want to hop onto things there, that they do show up and hop onto things. I have a question. Sure. Have you ever overcame any challenges at Global Citizen? Uh, yeah. How did you overcome it? <laughs> sure. Hmm. I don't want to keep returning to King Day, but King Day is a very hard <laughs> thing to pull off. There has been mention of how big a nonprofit we are, but we're really four full-time staff members. And if we're lucky, you know, a couple of seasonal interns to help us pull off the event and about 4,000 people come to Gerard College that day. Mm. And between full-time staff, it divides to yeah. each of us managing like 1,000 people <laughs> each, which is not actually what ends up happening. We have a lot of volunteers that come to actually help run the event, which is good because otherwise it probably wouldn't come together. But I think that whole event is just a new obstacle with new challenges every year, whether it's people who miss deadlines and then decide that they want to register all of a sudden and then suddenly they need a new space but you've already committed the the tables that would be for them to someone else and you have to figure something out or on the day of the event we've had lunch deliveries get lost or there's one time the weekend before king day home depot was supposed to deliver a bunch of supplies for a project and i sat around waiting for them to get to Gerard college for 13 hours and (laughs) They, they finally got there, and they were somewhere that was not Gerard College, just very <laughs> confused. Go to Lowe's. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just an avalanche of those kinds of problems that you immediately have to hop on and fix every year because when you have that many people trying to work in collaboration to put something together, people will make mistakes or commitments will fall through or people will make mistakes and it's okay as long as everybody has faith that it'll come together in the end yeah. <laughs> and, and if you lose that then then it's it's a tough spot to be in 
So sticking with the Martin Luther King theme, I just want to get your opinion on what Martin Luther King means to you. Sure. I think more than anything, Dr. King is a, a really powerful symbol of fearlessness to me. I mean, he's a great orator, and he's broke down a lot of barriers, some of which haven't been fully broken down to this day. But in the time where he was as visible as he was saying the things that he was saying and looking the way that he did is a scary place to be. I can only imagine what it was like then. I know now it's not easy to be a person of color in this country, but before when you had fewer rights and even less visibility around the injustices happening to an entire swaths of people, for someone to stand up and and very publicly condemn it and blame very powerful people for it. It takes a resolve that that I could only hope to have <laughs> one day. If you could go back and tell your teenage self three tips or advice, what would it be? Mm. I think the first thing I would tell myself is that everybody's human, I think. That is a good general statement to know, no matter how important or famous or wealthy or smart or whatever somebody seems, they're they're also just a person. And you as a person too can talk to them or ask them a question or push back against something that they're doing because that's what people do. I think the second thing I would say is that as much as a company or a corporation might try to tell you that they're human or your friend, they're not. And, and that's to say organizations, particularly in this country, particularly in this political climate, are trying to hold on to people and have loyalty or get loyalty commitments from them, and it's solely for the purpose of getting money from them. And I think that it's a good lesson to know that, that you don't need to stay loyal to a thing that, that isn't even real, you know, it's just an idea. And thirdly, it's okay to fail or to tell someone that you don't know what you're talking about. I think that there's a lot of times, especially in school, where I thought from an early age that I was supposed to know exactly what I was talking about whenever I was asked a question. And then if I didn't, it was because I had messed up. And sometimes that's true, but the way that you make sure that you don't mess up the next time <laughs> is to be able to either allow yourself to make that mistake or be able to swallow your pride enough to tell someone that you can't answer them. It, it, it's better to do that than to, to try and cover up or make people think that you do know what you're talking about, or you do know what you're doing, or you do know the answer. Don't be afraid to let people know if, if something's not going how you expected it to. Um, yeah. It can usually lead to a better resolution than if you don't, and then they're surprised to know yeah. at the end of the day that, that you were sort of deceiving them, or at least not sharing the whole truth. Yeah. I want to take a moment to send some love your way. MLK Day of Service is by far the biggest volunteer event I've ever seen in my life. 
and for you to have the patience and for you to be the leader of all of that and just being around you for the short amount of time I've been around you, I know that that filters down into the three other full-time employees that work with you and with all of the volunteers that work under you. So you keeping your calm and keeping your cool and being that light in a chaotic situation, I really, really appreciate that, especially in the age of social media and the age of YouTube and people have short attention spans for you to be able to give everyone the attention that they need to feel special. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So how can we find Global Citizen? Do you have a website, social media? Sure. Yeah. So website for us is globalcitizen365.org. And for the King Day of Service specifically is mlkdayofservice.org. We are on Twitter at gcitizenmlk. <laughs> and Facebook is Global Citizen 365. Awesome. Cool. You, you want to ask the last question? What is your definition of love? My definition of love. Oh, that's a tough one. I think that love is, love in a lot of ways is all about respect and dedication. I think even if it may seem like you don't love something, if you give the time to react to something, while also doing so in a way that that gives it the respect that it deserves, that is a demonstration of love. And ideally, that's that's positive. But you can definitely love things and have negative reactions to them. Usually, if something upsets you, it means that you that you care about it. So that's not sort of the typical way that you can look at love, but no. but that's how it works for me. I think you're the 35th episode, and it's the 35th different definition of love we've gotten. So well, there you it's, go. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Cool. Thanks. Thanks.